Welcome to the Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. Hear how marketing professionals worldwide are navigating in the blur of today's challenging consumer marketplace as they blend new age strategies and partnerships that create marketing success. Here's your host for the B&B, marketing professional and global educator, Trish Rubin. Hi, everyone. It's Trish Rubin. Thank you for joining us, Blur and Blend Marketing. I'm a marketing professional and global educator, so I welcome you. We are uh, having a great conversation today with somebody I've gotten to know very well. We'll tell you why at the end of the podcast. <laughs> we have not met in person, but now we feel like old friends. Blur and Blend Marketing is a place where we face the challenge of messaging today across industries, marketing, branding, communication. What I try to do is share how we can blend what's going on to really move into a better life in our careers. The best could be out there for us. And I like to bring guiding stories of industry leaders who have a passion for communication. And I see that they are meeting challenge and they are moving to blend for a innovation that's coming for them in their uh, areas. And they are uh, so good at showing us the way. So one of the things I want to say about inviting uh, Dr. Tom Bailey, who's a superintendent. I'm so happy that he's here with me because ed leaders with minds for marketing are, are rare, I think. I know some of them. But why aren't more people aware that they are in that position or as educators? An educator leads with persuasion. Educator is always convincing and influencing, building relationships. The reason why Tom's here is the first time I actually knew about Tom, I saw his LinkedIn page. He was part of a group of 30 superintendents that I was meeting online. And that's what brings our deeper connection. I saw and learned about Tom very quickly, and only a handful of his colleagues had that LinkedIn page filled out. I cannot stress to educators that you've really got to use that absolute beautiful piece of communication, get on LinkedIn. Uh, so one of the things I also noticed about Tom is that he had superpowers when I looked at his his LinkedIn page. And it it's a legacy career, and I can see why. He'll talk about the things that he uh, has moved and has um, brought forward in, in very much touchstones, I think, of who he is as a leader. He has a skill of management superpower. He's involved with tech. But what I really thought was interesting is he listed event planning. <laughs> and I thought, I've got it. I've got somebody special here, event planning and servant leadership. So I'm going to introduce you to Tom Bailey, Dr. Tom Bailey, and we're going to take a, a journey. But first, say hello. Hi, Trish. Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Love, uh, being here, and uh, it's a great day here in Washington Courthouse, Ohio. We started uh, with our students for the first day of in-person learning today. And, uh, I am riding a very, very high wave today because it was great to see the students back. I think I just got a chill from just hearing that. That you know, I can imagine the emotion that came with that in terms of you know what to expect and 
a little anxiety, I'm sure. I wonder if you got to sleep last night. And then seeing this all uh, coming together. So uh, again, in a, a blur of the last months from March till now, and then a blending of what's been working and and bringing about something new that we could not have imagined a year ago. On this podcast, what we do, if you're familiar with this, you know it's a drive. I love driving. And because of living in New York, I don't drive much anymore. I wound up framing the podcast as a journey. I wanted to be with people and hear these uh, guiding stories and have them talk about their connection to marketing as leaders and to use a frame of hindsight of seeing where they've been, insight, where they are now with their understanding of communication, of marketing, and then foresight, looking a little bit ahead. It's hard to look much farther than outside, you know, your front door at this point. But that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I know uh, Tom will deliver. And uh, so I'm anxious to get behind the wheel. The last question that I asked Tom will be sort of a clever question, I think, because it'll end things in a light way. And um, we'll enjoy those last moments together and learn a little more about our guests. So let's get behind the wheel, Tom, and I'm going to ask you, as you're going to be a great driver and we're going to have a, a, a nice ride together, I'm going to ask you to adjust the rear view mirror first. <laughs> and I want you to look behind and tell us, when you look at Tom in the rear view mirror and your understanding of uh, communication and marketing, tell us what you see. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been in education for 30 years and a uh, great career so far. And I'm not nearly done. I, I have a long way to go. But you know, when, when I started my career, I started as a music educator, as a high school band director. Matt. And um, absolutely loved it. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why I got out of band directing and into administration. But, you know, my years as a band director really helped uh, formulate who I am as an educator and really put perspective into why I do what I do. Um, so I spent a great deal of time using marketing strategies as a, a high school band director. And I had to use those strategies first and foremost to get students signed up for band. You know, I had to recruit students. I had to convince students that, you know, they wanted to be in, in band and not not necessarily on the soccer team or the football team if, if we couldn't do both. Um, I, I also had to really market my program to the parents. You know, why should they invest? Because it's an investment, music oh. lessons and, and, and that. So why should they invest into my program? And then we had a, a much greater uh, community of stakeholders that we needed to market to. You know, I had to market to the football crowd on Friday nights as I took the marching band out onto the uh, football field to do a program. I had to market to the uh, the larger community for spring concert and for graduation, you know, all those events that the band's expected to be at. But, um, you know, first and foremost, it's about the experience of the students. It's not about the greater community. It's about what I could give the students. And I love that aspect of my job because, you know, I got to choose music that 
that would influence them. I got to teach them about things that would influence them for a lifetime. Um, for example, uh, one of one year we did a show Gettysburg, the music from the uh, the miniseries Gettysburg, and you know I was able to take those students from Ohio to uh, Pennsylvania to Gettysburg wow. and, and take them on uh, a tour of Gettysburg and, and they could see little round top and they could see devil's den. And they, you know, we played these songs with these names and, and they got to experience it. Um, that's just one example. You know, I've, I've done some crazy things over the years with my bands and, and things that people absolutely say I, they can't believe I've ever done, but, you know, for example, I've taken my band to um, Eden Park in Cincinnati, which is right adjacent to Crone Conservatory and the Art Museum of, of Cincinnati, and uh, did an outdoor concert at an amphitheater. And I moved, I moved pianos. I had all kinds of equipment that I moved there for a Sunday afternoon concert. It was just, it was a glorious day for those students. Um at another district that I worked in, uh, it was a high poverty district, and something that mm. I wanted to do was to have them experience their state. Uh, this was in northern Kentucky, and I wanted to take them each and every weekend for a marching band competition in, into a different county of their state, because many of these students never got out of the county that we lived in. So uh, taking them to places you know, such as the Stephen Foster story, uh, taking them past where Abraham Lincoln's uh, childhood school was and, and getting the band out and taking their picture in front of the historical marker. These are things that, that the kids would never have had that experience. And, and I love giving students experiences that they would never otherwise have. So that was kind of my start on, on the marketing journey in education. I, you know, eventually re realized that I could make, make a much bigger impact if I got my administrative license and became a principal. So that's what I did. And I actually became a principal in a non-public school. And uh, there I had to really ramp up my marketing uh, skills because I was it. I was yeah, the, you were selling yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, so I was the loan administrator, and uh, the way it worked was as much money as I brought in from tuition dollars is how much money I was able to spend on teachers and, and other things. So um, I really had to ramp up my marketing skills there. And ironically enough, one of our neighboring uh, public schools saw what I was doing in the non-public school and really wanted me to do some of those same exact things for the public school district. Wow. So I actually had the opportunity to start a development marketing office for a public school district. And I wrote a lot of grants and, but I was able to work on those strategies such as um, branding with uh, the public school district and really make a difference there. Loved that work. Eventually I, I just kind of, went back into the buildings after I did three years of the marketing and development work and uh, eventually became a, a building principal again, which I, I love being a building principal. Um, I really love every job I do in education. There's uh. <laughs> not done in education. I don't love because there is such a large impact that you can make on a community of learners, um, AKA the students. Right. 
that I loved hearing so many of those small stories and thank you for sharing and, and sharing the fact that you, you have educated yourself. You have grown as a marketer. Uh, some superintendents don't have that, but I want to see if we can move down the road a little bit and look at your insight for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're thinking about others listening to this who may not have that preparation, even um, I think as we're, we had talked one uh, earlier and we had talked about the white knuckling time right now too. It's hard to get a a superintendent to really think about something like marketing or branding at this time, especially if they don't have the background. What could they do? Because is it the time for you to use those particular skills? Did you use those particular skills? Can you give us some insight here on the road of anything that you did to maybe even have the good turnout you had today, the positive first day? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All those skills um, I've used during this time over the past five months since since March 13th. This has been a very difficult time for all superintendents, everybody in education, um, and there have been some days where I'm white knuckling it down the road and, you know, trying to get to the next, next spot. But, uh, something to remember is that this is an opportunity this, uh, during this time, because, um, a lot of people are talking about how we're restarting and we're trying to, to get back into that education driver's seat, uh, to kind of get back to a normal, I truly believe that we're not going to get back to that normal. And I, I truly believe that we shouldn't push getting back to that normal. I, I'd like to look at it. And what I've told my administrators in the district is that I'd like to look at as what are we going to do new here in Washington courthouse to make education look different uh, so that we can position ourselves for the future. Uh, I'm going to, I really love what you're saying. Before I move you to that, I'm going to ask you, because you're in that position, when you were building your model to, to start today, did you find, I remember you said like it was, you were at the band director and you had to tell this one and tell that one and pitch to them. Did you feel a little bit like that when you were trying to put that model together? Yes. And I think that's uh, one of the hard things because I I trust my administrators. I have a great team um, putting them to get, you know, putting that team together and having them do the work. It was difficult because not everybody has the mindset of how to do that. And you really have to go back into that coaching model of, of making that happen. And, and I made some mistakes along the way. And, uh, you know, it's really about, I always try to look at situationally uh, for my administrators and giving them what they need. What I've come to realize is that what some of the team were, what, what they were good at pre-pandemic is not the same exact things that they're good yeah. at now. And they might have needed coaching or kind of uh, helping along, uh, but it's totally changed. So I'm really finding that to be a a struggle for me in the fact that I kind of have to relearn my team. Uh, They feel the same strengths 
and areas that they need to improve upon, but how they're handling the situation is different. We're all handling it different. Uh, yes. So, you know, it's, it's been a great opportunity for me to reflect um, as, as, a, as a leader and as a superintendent of how I can go back and strengthen my team even more because it's during these periods of tough times that we really sharpen our skills. Yeah. And I, I keep hearing again, this idea of, I think what you talked about experience earlier and I can see you, you know, um, working on relationships, connecting to people with a lot of empathy and understanding, even if it's hard, you know, for you to really draw that. Um, if you're, if, if you're thinking about that, and I, I think that's a great point about looking at your team and saying, Everybody here is going through this in a different way. And I may have to even just be agile enough <laughs> to work with people who who are afraid, like feel that they may not be able to deliver. And they once delivered for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Some, it's just odd how this, uh, it really is a fear of what's going on in the world. There's just so many unknowns right now and, and people react to it so differently. Um, and, and I'm just trying to, you know, be positive and how do we take this opportunity to make Washington courthouse city schools, the best that we can be and come out of it on top. Yes. Um, You're the, um, blue, um, the blue lions, blue lions. Yes, we're not just the lions who are blue. We are actually the blue lions. Blue lions. So even in that way, that interesting, distinct way of that brand, yeah, I can I can appreciate you moving, you know, into that coaching, which I think is really important for as a communication skill for uh, for your team. So uh, let's think about you mentioned earlier and. I just really wanted to dig in a little more, you know, about what it was we were doing today, but you're, you're coming around to it again, this idea of the unknown. So, you know, in the conversation, we look at the front windscreen there. We're not sure what's going to happen 10 feet in front of us, perhaps. So how are you managing that as the leader going forward? Any advice for listeners? Well, for me, it's really about, looking out the windshield, uh, seeing as far as we can see, uh, but knowing that there could be a, a, a road close sign at any moment, you know, you know, a lot of, yes. people, yes. a lot of people are wondering when, you know, if, if the state shut down, shuts down again, or if we have to shut down because of, of community wide spread of the virus, uh, what will that look like? But I'm trying to keep everybody focused on the fact that we have the kids here today and we have a job to do. And our job doesn't look exactly the same uh, because we have not seen these children since March 13th. Um, and we have a lot of needs that we need to take care of. And it's we uh, we're really digging in to build rebuild those relationships. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I uh, and I've made it clear that I will do my darndest to keep our district open because we have children 
who are choosing to go online, we're offering them that choice. But we have children that need to be in school every day. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, and we need to do our best to do what we can to make sure that we're able to offer that opportunity to those children that have to be in our building because some of them are struggling with poverty. Some of them are struggling with mental health needs. Some of them are struggling, you know, with uh, abusive situations and we have to be able to protect these students. So um, that's why I'm so glad to have these students back. They were so just to see, I couldn't even see their mouths to see their eyes. They're they're all wearing the mask. They're they're smiling eyes as I call it. Smiling eyes of of returning to school. Oh my gosh. But to see these children come off the bus this morning. When I say children, I'm just not talking the primary kids. To see these high school kids walk in so happy and just a, a bounce in their step. And we all know high schoolers, they're not happy to be in school usually. But today they were happy and uh, I was just so happy to see them back. I am thrilled that we had the chance to talk to you today. You know, I'll give away a little secret to listeners. They say the third time is the charm. Due to technical difficulties at my end, this is the third time we've tried to bring you this podcast. But you know what, Tom? I don't really think they're accidents, really. I think today was the day. I I. 100% agree with you, Trish, that today it was meant to be. Uh, um, I'm got, I don't know listeners who aren't, if you're not in education, but I'm at the point where I've got chills and I, I could feel myself getting emotional about a day like today. And I recall knowing Tom in April uh, on the day that there was a really bad news from the governor and there was so much so much uh, challenge, and I ca- I'm so so happy and overjoyed for for the the whole community. That it sounds great, and you know we don't get lots of good news. This is really good news. It is, it is, and it, it wasn't perfect, and we had we had some hiccups in the process, and we will continue to have hiccups. And it's really about just taking ownership of what we're doing. Uh, you know, last night was a perfect example. We had some run-ins, uh, some hiccups with our, our transportation department and effectively communicating and just we weren't up to up to speed. So uh, we kind of pivoted really quickly and I, I got out on Facebook and sent an all call to all parents that I would be in my office from six to eight last night on a oh, Sunday night. Wow. Gave them my phone number, had a call. So we had about, uh, I had a couple secretaries step up, uh, volunteer to come in because they knew that it was going to be really busy. We had over 70 parents call in about transportation. Uh, you know, I, I'll call them issues, but really an opportunity to connect with those parents. And, and that's, that's what you have to do because there's a lot of uh, issues or roadblocks out there, but you have to turn them into opportunities to make that connection and when it's time to own it you just have to own it and you know we made a mistake and i just put that out there that you know i i wholeheartedly apologize for the the issues surrounding transportation but i'll be in my office you call me and we'll take get taken care of and we had 70 75 happy customers last night oh thank you that that's that story alone is worth doing this podcast it just 
So people who are in your position or principals understand that that's the real world. And, and it's about building the relationships and then owning it. And I think we've joked a little bit about um, Brene Brown's, her FFT Mm -hmm. freaking time. And so that's what, you know, you just keep reminding people, okay, I own it, but it is the first freaking time we're doing this. So let's go forward. Right. Right. Well, you know, the funny thing in our position as superintendent, we are really, it, the buck stops here. And whether we're responsible or not, we're responsible. You know, as superintendent, um, I, have, I, I have to take ownership of my entire team. That's just the way the position works. Um, so you have to really look at it and make the best out of it. And uh, because you can't magically make something go away. That's there. You can't. We there. know that. Well, uh, I, I, now I'm so excited with what we've talked about. And I know today is the day. So now I'm going to close with a great question for listeners. This is the fun question. Uh, I always ask my guests at the end what their favorite color is because it just gives them a chance to talk about and express themselves in, in ways that I often find, I think you will find as you listen to Tom too, uh, that really reflect what he's been talking about all along. So, Tom, I know what it is because I've talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. And I'll, so you can tell us. <laughs> I'll, I'll clue the listeners in. I'm not wearing the color today, um, but I did have it on the first time we did. And I, I have the photograph of it. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to be using. <laughs> okay. So my my favorite color is orange for many reasons, but uh, it's a great vibrant color, and it's a great color that stands alone really well. Um, but what I love about orange is the fact that you can put it with so many other colors and it's just a great supporting color. Um, so I love putting orange with green. I love putting orange with blue. I love putting orange with yellow. Um, I love putting orange with black. Um, so there's just so many just color combinations. So I, I think I love orange because it's a great supporting color. And I think that's what, you know, in education we have to do is we, we're, we're supporters of so many people and we're supporting a community. We're supporting parents. We're supporting students. We're supporting each other. Um, that really education is kind of reflective of the color orange, in my opinion. I like that so much. I really do. That whole double, well, just circling back in the idea of the collaboration that you had to bring throughout from the beginning as the band director and complimenting and supporting each other. So I, I like that color orange too. And um, I, I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll, I, every time now I look at, at orange, I'm actually looking at it right now. I've got some flowers in my face that I bring, and they're orange. <laughs> so I'll be thinking of you, Tom. <laughs> I am going to put in the show notes uh, how they can connect with you on uh, um, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, also on Twitter. Yes, please do. And and is your uh, it's your name on Twitter or is it the? It's W C H Super. Okay. W C H Super. W C H Super, and, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, any other places that digitally you're, you're frequenting? Um, just uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Uh, if they'd like to connect with me uh, via email, my uh, they can do that. Uh, my, my personal email address. I'll, it's kind of funny because it's my nickname, but Tom Beetle Bailey. 
Just oh, like, I love I'm it. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Tom Beetle Bailey at gmail.com. And certainly anybody can uh, connect with me that way. But uh, I, I love talking to other educators and following them on Twitter because uh, educators bring me a lot of inspiration for what I do. And uh, hopefully I can bring some inspiration to them as well. I think you, anybody who listens to this podcast will feel that way. And thank you so much for taking uh, time again. And I'm really, again, of the mind that this was the day that, and I'm so grateful at, after this day, and I'm sure your day is going further. So thank you for spending time with us, Tom. Trish, thank you so much for having me. And I, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah, and keep us, up. yes, surely. I want to be kept up on what's going on, you know, with this year and we're fingers crossed and all good things are hopefully going to be coming over the, the next months for you. So this has been a great drive and thank you so much, your expert driver. I always feel that I'm lucky to have great people who are guiding with their stories. That's what I'm looking for. These guiding stories for others to learn from and be inspired by. So thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to sharing another short drive uh, in the near future. Tom's will be coming up soon. And uh, what I've been saying now, when I do my big chair videos, they're two minutes, uh, I wind up saying to people, see you on the digital road. And maybe one day we'll be actually seeing each other in person. <laughs>